We've both done terrible things in our lives. But I believe you can be the version of yourself that you want to be. You tell me it's going to be okay, and that he was right. People can change. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Lugadell Podcast. This is your host, Elias Rush. This podcast is sponsored by EliasRushMedia.com, photo, video, digital media production. Today we are discussing season three of Barry on HBO Max. So uh, for anyone that is unclear about what Barry is, it is a black comedy crime drama thriller television series created by Alec Berg and Bill Hader that premiered on HBO March 25th, 2018. Just thinking about that, uh, how long ago this actually was aired on well, that's almost like four years at this over four years at this point um feels like quite a long time but um the episodes the episodes are so short the seasons are pretty condensed i think it's uh uh three seasons so far uh eight episodes each season and each of the episodes are approximately 26 to 35 minutes this is an absolute breeze of a television show to get through from the pacing and from um, the acting and from everything uh, technical about it. It is uh, pretty much uh, a short styled series, very much in the same realm as um, kind of the Breaking Bad formula of having, you know, a blend of comedy blended in with a kind of black comedy with, um, the dramatic flares in there as well. And on top of that, I think this is actually one of the best um, television shows from the cinematography standpoint and acting standpoint and writing standpoint that it just really fires on all cylinders. Um, you know, Bill Hader and uh, Stephen Roost, Eric Goldberg, Lynn Fitch, uh, Fleschler, uh, Anthony Kerrigan, Henry Winkler, Sarah Burns. It's got a stellar cast. Everyone from top to bottom brings their A game. The supporting cast always brings their A game. It's a show I would absolutely recommend, um, especially if you haven't seen any of the series. Um, from about here on out, um, like I said, I would recommend if you don't have any idea about the series. It's a it's a, a hitman that wants to become an actor, but his hitman lifestyle um, won't let him leave the 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 industry the crime industry so it's a pretty interesting blend of um you know you got the comedy and the drama but it, it's it's ability to walk that tightrope is what makes this show special and so for anyone that hasn't seen it absolutely go watch it then come back and watch or listen to the podcast we, like i said we have this on a uh, youtube so we got the sound clouds we're on all of the different social medias that you got your podcasting platforms are on so um yes uh absolutely watch the first three seasons right now i am getting ready to cover the final episode of season three and kind of dabble in season three a bit just to kind of get everyone to get everyone kind of caught up on what happened through some of our uh, favorite uh, characters and storylines well actually this is the first time i've seen um a television show listed under tragic comedy hmm. 
It's got black comedy, comedy drama, crime, psychological drama, and tragic comedy. So that's actually, I, I didn't realize that tragic comedy was a genre, but I would absolutely say that this show descends each season into a slightly more darker version of itself. It feels like the first season was very much, uh, you know, an equal balance of comedy and drama with regards of following the character Barry and following, um, you know, the actors, the acting class, you got Henry Winkler as the acting coach. Um, and then you have like uh, uh, favorites that are uh, character favorites that are in the show played by Anthony Kerrigan. Um, he plays a, a guy named Noho Hank. It's a Chechenian mob gangster, but, but he has kind of a, a really likable heart of gold it's it's this kind of thing where he's just kind of i i guess it's okay to say this now but you know kind of a little bit blissful now i it, it was almost how i would describe before the whole johnny depp thing went down with you know him and amber heard getting all and all of that it he kind of radiates a little bit of like um what is it uh jack sparrow energy a little bit noho hank does you know, kind of blissful, but he might be a little bit nefarious, but he also is just an incredibly uh, likable and relentlessly easy to watch, at least for those, you know, early movies that, you know, Sparrow was in. But I really felt like that's what they've done with Noho Hank as well, kind of made him that, um, you know, interesting type of character as well. So, yeah, uh, you know, Stephen Root kind of plays, you know, the guy that is was was in charge of kind of uh, linking up Bill Hader's Barry's character to all of the types of uh, crime in the industry and stuff like that. He was the one sending him on him on these missions and stuff like that. But it would be almost the equivalent of for the people that haven't seen it and they're just listening to this podcast for whatever reason, it would be almost like a Jason Bourne wants to become an actor, you know, wants to not be Jason Bourne anymore, <laughs> except this Jason Bourne is full-fledged antagonist. He is not a protagonist. He is kind of self-serving. This The third season really shows the ugly side of Barry and how the consequences have come home to roost. And, uh, you know, with saying that, Bill Hader puts on an amazing performance as Barry. Just going to kind of go down the list of the, the characters that are in this. Um, you know, Bill Hader as Barry is what I would say best to describe it. He's evolved the character in so many ways and fleshed him out as not just, um, I think most people would probably categorize Bill Hader as a pretty uh, strong comedic actor but with this third season of Barry, we see the dark side of that because we're like, oh, it's funny, Bill Hader. Don't worry about it. You know, everyone loves him, that type of thing. But then when it came, really came down to it, um, you know, we're really seeing the ugly sides of this character, Bill Hader's character, Barry Berkman, and showing how he's like psychologically breaking down. So I, right now we're getting ready to, to to discuss season three and spoilers um but essentially th this series has unfolded itself in a very similar light to how kind of breaking bad did the same kind of i wouldn't say a rug pull but it was a slow rug pull with the slow burn of understanding 
maybe this guy is not someone we want to root for. Um, you know, like I think this is this show has won, um, received uh, various accolades, including 30 primetime Emmy Awards, Hater won uh, Best Leading Actor in a Comedy Series twice, um, Winkler won Outstanding Supporting Actor in a Series in his performance for the first season, and uh, um, uh, Winkler, Root, and Kerrigan all received Emmy nominations for Outstanding Supporting Actor. The thing is, I wouldn't even consider this um, and Goldberg received a nomination for Best Supporting Actress. Um, I just got to say that I would barely consider this even a comedy at this point. Like it is so, it's so dark in this third season and serious that um, its ability to even have any comedy in it is honestly uh, a breath of fresh air. It, it's such a, a culmination of, bringing all the terrible things that we've seen Barry do and, you know, coming up and, uh, you know, starting to bite him in the butt, so to speak, it's definitely, you know, it's definitely this season is, you know, the one that come has come to roost. And ironically, a lot of people would say that breaking bad, excuse me. Um, Breaking Bad kind of did the same thing with the implosion of the characters in that show around season three as well, and introducing new forces, new uh, quote unquote bad guys for the our bad guy to kind of go against. And so, you know, I wouldn't necessarily say it's, you know, beat for beat the same way, but we're definitely seeing the descent into madness for this character. Um let me go to the season three opener just to kind of open up what happened and then how we ended. We're going to just talk about the first and final episodes of the season and kind of cherry pick some of the best stuff that happened through the, um, through the different uh, episodes. Um, I don't have tons of detailed notes, so I'm going to try to lean a little bit heavier into the, uh, into what happened on uh on here so a depressed in episode one season three uh a depressed barry for uh, returns to contract killing taking jobs on the dark web while auctioning uh, sorry auditioning for acting work his relationship with sally has become lifeless as sally has become preoccupied with writing and starring in joplin a semi-autobiographical tv series um, Hank is questioned by the police regarding uh, Moss's murder, Janet Moss's murder, and the monastery shooting, and he diverts their attention away from Barry by identifying Fuchs, who is hiding in Chechnya as a culprit, claiming he is on a high-level Chechnyan, uh, claiming he is a high-level Chechnyan assassin, and we all remember what happened uh you know last season relatively it has been like two or three years honestly um three years since the <laughs> since uh series uh season two had happened but it, it does bring us back to um you know the main aspects that we were we were basically dropped right back into the story you know um even though it's been three years um you know, Barry is kind of back to acting a little bit more psycho and only continues to act uh, like 
uh, kind of a crazy abusive boyfriend throughout the rest of the season. Um, you know, all last season, he kept saying, you know, starting now, I'm going to get out this job. I'm going to, you know, starting now, I'm going to stop killing people. And he just couldn't, he couldn't get himself out. And so, um, continuing on, you know, Sally, um, she is kind of pretty successful at the beginning of this season and she's got an opportunity to uh, have a new television show, uh, basically show running it and whatnot. Uh, this, the show Joplin, and it's supposed to be a little bit by a, a little bit autobiographical about her life, but also she has other, um, uh, she has other um, actors in it that kind of see the more heavier aspects of her life. Um, I don't have her name right off the top of my head. Elsie uh, Fisher playing, playing Katie Harris, who is actually the other actress in her television or in her um, television series that Sally is trying to star in. But Offset, Elsie is seeing uh, or Katie, Elsie's character, Katie is seeing um, Barry just be kind of an abusive asshole, like right in front of everybody, all on Sally. And it, throughout the season, um, there is a lot of this kind of shit, you know, falls down the hill kind of thing. When somebody is shitty to somebody, that person ends up being shitty to another person, and that person is shitty to another person. Because we want to kind of relate and like Sally but you know the first few episodes with the exception of her being yelled at Barry she's not being all that nice of a person either um Sarah Goldberg I think this is her standout season um without a doubt I think season two was probably Barry's or uh sorry Bill Hader's uh best season but uh Sarah Goldberg as Sally just blew me out the water and it felt like almost every other episode that she's in or every other episode every other scene she's in um really requires her to bring her all her a game and her uh, just emotions ready to you know explode and in in the best way I don't want to say that you know it's all it's because she's you know a female and she just has you know her emotions aren't in check but she's really being gaslit um in so many ways and being treated kind of shittily by barry and then on her job side we just see how how she's kind of being beat up within the system and then how you know how she's treating her assistants as well so it is kind of the the biggest critique i would say about this show is that with everyone we have, a lot of these people are known for being, you know, pretty funny, or uh, they have comedic backgrounds, or they've been in a lot of comedy, you know, Bill Hader, Stephen Root, I don't know too much about Sarah Goldberg, but she might have been in some comedies as well. Um, let me see, I don't, I don't see anything, this is comedy off, off the top of my head. Uh, but, you know, we got Henry Winkler, Anthony Kerrigan, I'm not sure if he has much, you know, he has a little bit of uh, a mixed bag of filmography under his belt, but uh, clearly he's got comedic chops. Henry Winkler, comedic chops. Darcy Carden as uh, Natalie Greer, who is, I think, the um, assistant for Sally. And I think her scenes are hilarious as well. Like all of these people naturally have 
comedic chops. So when we see them doing these serious roles and serious takes and just draw dropping uh, scenes, I was like here for it. I was, I was blown away. I watched the uh, season three open, sorry, season three finale today, this morning at like, uh, I don't know, like 8.30 when I woke up and it's the 13th today, uh, June 13th. And I was just like jaw dropped. I was kind of like speechless for a little bit because I was like, oh my God, did all that just happen? You know, a lot of times I'm like, yes, very good. You know, clap, clap, golf, clap. It was a good season and I'm ready to, you know, go do whatever else. But it was just kind of like sticking with me. I was like, good God. See, some of these scenes were just so, um, so well done, you know, so creatively shot. Um, you know, the, the action scenes actually throughout the season were uh, really interesting for me um, watching them from a technical level, because I do feel like what Barry feels like in, you know, a nutshell is that they're doing so much behind the scenes, but they make it look so seamless. And, you know, it's a combination of, of, you know, the simplicity that looks like what's happening, like it just looks like a maybe a long take is happening or you know really superior editing is making it feel like this scene's taking on forever in the best ways or this dread this dreading feeling that's going to happen in the best way you know it it puts you in the emotion that you need to be in almost every time and there's not a lot of dilly dally time because we're sitting i mean we have 26 minutes at the low 30 minutes at the high or something like that and so at most what do you get like six scenes at five minutes each give or take and so there's not a lot of time to bullshit around or walk around and sack around and have a beer and smoke a cig you know or whatever the hell they're doing on the tv um on the screen um i'm kind of comparing in my mind like uh animal kingdom i'm watching that as well but that uh series is like 45 minutes to 50 minutes uh, uh an episode and i'm like this would be such a superior show if they would just chop about 15 minutes off because it feels like a lot of television shows, it's not just Animal Kingdom, which I do like, but it's not, it doesn't have the pacing like Barry does. It doesn't have the writing like Barry does. Obviously, the the from the technical, from the front of the screen, you know, the the acting and all that's very superior on Barry, not to just, you know, shit on Animal Kingdom, but uh, what would really help something like an animal kingdom or shows that are sitting at 45 to 50 minutes is just make them 30 minutes. You know, there's no reason to dick around. Um, not every scene needs to be played. I do feel like sometimes we watch television and um, maybe more or less like cable television. Cause they're thinking, all right, well, we need to fill up uh, 15 minutes of ads within this hour time span. So, you know, it's got to be a 45 minute television show, even though they have a 25 minutes of story. So that means there has to be some bullshit in the time and the, uh, you know, kind of B roll in between a, an example, I can say off the top of my head without kind of going too far into talking about something completely not Barry would be Barry will put you in the spot where you need to be. We don't normally see him traveling. There's not time for them to, um, if, if we do, it's with reason or they're answering a phone call or something like that. But like somebody will say, somebody will call Barry and, you know, 
or, or the character and say, we need to see you right now. And he's like, well, you know, blah, blah, blah. I can't do it. He's like, the character's like, we need to see you right now. And instead of showing Barry take five, 10 minutes gathering his things and freaking out or whatever, it's just going to cut immediately to the next scene. And those two characters will be together. Um, you know, something like uh, Animal Kingdom, they'll have a three minute segment of people um, saying, uh, you know, surfboarding or, you know, go-karting or ATV in or something like that, like three or four times within an episode, just to kind of pat what feels like padding in the series. And it kind of affects the pacing, in my opinion. And so that's why I think Barry is, it's not only wise from the, um, the writing of what happens, but it's also very, um, it's very aware about the types of scenes that they're showing. It feels very purposeful. Let me get a little bit of coffee and we'll continue on with Barry. Yeah, not to shit on Animal Kingdom or anything. I, just, I think it's a fun show and I've seen why a lot of people like Animal Kingdom, but I'm just like, this show would be so much better if you could just cut like 10 minutes from each episode because it always kind of feels a little, little bit extra long. Anyways, let's get back to Barry. So um, the police believing Barry's alibi and unable to verify Fuchs's real identity um, accept Hank's statement and relay it to Gene, Gene Cousinow, who's uh, Henry Winkler, who refuses to believe that Barry is blameless. Barry approaches Hank, who is now a romantic in a romantic relationship with Cristobal and asks him for work, but Hank turns him away. Um, Gene meets privately with um, Barry and threatens him at gunpoint. Uh, over Moss's murder, but his prop gun falls apart. Barry subdues Gene and takes him to the outskirts of the city. Preparing to execute him, Gene pleads for his life, telling Barry that he can earn his forgiveness. Barry then has an idea, telling Gene to get in the trunk of his car. And so at the end of the, this first episode, I was like, please, dear God, do not kill Henry Winkler off this first episode. Or don't kill him off this show. Um, don't kill Gene Cousinow, one of the uh, verified most hilarious roles and then most um most interesting roles when it comes down to understanding their motivations who they are what they've done um i, I really enjoy watching uh henry winkler come out well i've really only have seen him in a handful of movies i'm not extremely uh familiar with henry winkler as an actor outside of barry and a couple of uh, movies but um his comedic timing is so good like this i i know that he was uh you know he was obviously famous for being in uh tons of different roles but um let me see yeah he he was in anything from all the way to from scream to Waterboy, Night Shift, Click, Arrested Development. I loved him in Arrested Development. That was one of my favorites. Was it Growing Pains he was in also? He's had a bajillion dif different roles, and he's just uh, phenomenal to have on 
on screen. Um, and I think his ability to, you know, play the tight, the tight water is, uh, sorry, the, the tight rope. I said the tight water, the, the, the tight rope is the best for him because he is such a, um, he's kind of a goofball in my opinion. So when he does the dramatic stuff, it really, really hits. Um, oh, he was whole. I forgot he was in holes. Oh my gosh. I can't remember that. They got a little slide. Okay. So yeah, he's water boy, the one and only, um, happy days. That was the one that I was trying to remember. Yeah. So anyways, um, yeah, I, I would like to go back and kind of do a little career retrospective with, uh, Henry Winkler. And so anyways, kind of went down a Henry Winkler hole. Anyways, anything that has to do with Gene Cousinal, it's like protect Gene at all costs. So when you see Barry getting ready to just take him out, like kind of unceremoniously, I'm like, I absolutely believed he was going to get taken out. Um, and uh, obviously we know what happens at the end of the season is a, the, the Cousinals came home to roost um, him. And what is that actor's name from uh, the wire? Robert Wisdom as Jim Moss, who was Jim Moss's, uh, Janet Moss's, his, Janet Moss is his daughter, and Gene was dating um, Jim Moss's daughter before Barry killed her in season two, I believe. And I want to say it was the end of season two that Gene, um, that Gene was told by Fuchs that Barry killed Janet. And so that it's just, it's like the dominoes falling, falling. Every single thing has some sort of repercussion or they have to deal with some sort of repercussion. And there is a scene at the end of this series with, uh, or this episode or season, sorry, uh, with Jim, uh, Robert wisdom and, uh, Henry Winkler of uh, Gene being uh, interrogated by him. It is a slow burn that makes you feel like at the end of it, your ass is absolutely on fire. I was like, Gene is going to break in half, literally in front of Jim, if Jim doesn't literally break him in half. He just repeats everything he says uh, till Gene gives him a, uh, Till, till Gene gives him an answer that he really wants. And we don't even see the outcome of that until the very end of the uh, season. So it everything makes sense and feels like it has a straightforward uh, narrative. And it's kind of like a ping pong effect of the uh, of who's going to get Barry first. Is it, you know, is it the Jim Moss character? Is it Gene that's going to break? Is it Noho Hank that's going to break? Is it um, uh, Chris Bog that's going to break? Is, you know, who is going to let, you know, let the cat out of the bag, so to speak? Um, was it, was it going to be Katie, um, the co-star, say Sally's co-star? Was she going to say something? It seemed like just Barry just had so many things coming after him that it was like, is he going to die? Is he going to get beat? You know, going to, what is it? Social services going to show up or whatever. I don't know who shows up when, yeah. Is are the police going to show up and, you know, 
bag him for abuse is you know is he going to get shot by the russians or the chechnyan mafia or whatever um i was i was like there's so many options at the beginning of this that how it ended at the end was was so powerful so um yeah barry basically treats um you know gene like he's kind of stupid in a way, you know, and, and Barry is obviously unkiltered. I'm not really sure how to categorize how Bill Hader is playing um, Barry. Cause he just seems like a, a husk of himself, like a shell of himself. He's not actually there. His body is just doing things and he's not emotionally tied to anyone or anything. And he's uh, proposing to Sally certain things that they could do to get back at the people that are, you know, destroying her show or taking it off the air. They're like, yeah, we can make them, you know, we can, I don't know what they say. I think you said something random, like switching their furniture every couple of days to make them think they're losing their mind and switching a gaslighting, you know, one of the executive producers to making them think that they're going crazy. And I think he says eventually like killing themselves. I was like, this is crazy. Um, like clearly he's got a lot going on in his head um besides just the ptsd of everything he's done but he's also a soldier as well and one of his former soldiers uh friends uh he shot and then another soldier that was on that squad is coming after him at, the, at this point um the other soldier being um albert Wynn, played by james uh leal um and uh, I was like, dude, James, is, is, is it Albert that's going to get him? Is it Fuchs that's going to get him? Is it Jim Moss that's going to get him? There were so many different aspects about it that I was like, uh, you know, uh, who's really going to um, clamp down on Barry? Because there, he just can't be going, uh, you know, going free like this with all these different, you know, what feels like mat, you know, matches or fires that are coming after him. Um, so anyways, let me see if there's anything else. Uh, Fred, uh, Malmed as Tom Porsoro was, uh, Gene's, I think he said agent and he was hilarious. There's a couple like scenes with him in the middle that are, are him and Gene. And he's, he's like describing how Gene looked on, on the screen, like throughout the season, eventually, uh, Barry's like, I'm not going to kill you because I'm going to get you an acting role or something like that. And it's like, okay, that for me, I was like, that's kind of a weird, uh, turnaround. It kind of feels like an excuse to have Gene stay on the screen. Um, but I'm glad that it ended up being, uh, Gene that came back and kind of sold Barry out that kind of tricking him to make it look like, uh, he was thinking about killing, um, Jim with the fake gun. Uh, let me see. Let me talk about. Let me talk about uh, Stephen Rue real quick. Um, Monroe Fuchs, he's like out of the picture for a little bit. I thought I was feeling a little bit of the uh, COVID effects of only they were like, all right, Stephen Root cannot be on screen with anybody else. So felt like a big handful of his stuff was shot just him alone or him talking on the phone to Barry. And I definitely felt that that was probably the weaker aspects, but when he is on, um, on screen, he's, you know, shares some very interesting 
uh, you know, facts with different people. He's trying to like really put Barry in a bad position and showing up at different people's different houses, showing that, uh, you know, I can, I'm a private investigator and I can, you know, take him down kind of thing. And he's really trying to push for that to happen. Ends up getting put into, into jail or into, and in, taken to prison, whatever. And, um, kind of framed as the Raven, which the police kept implying who the real killer was as opposed to Barry. Um, and there were some police, uh, the captain of the police is pretty fucking funny. He has these like little side comments that uh, I can't remember off the top of my head, but um, he's just kind of always rambling and he's kind of ridiculous as well. I think at one point they're like, in, the police captain comes up to him. He's like, all right, so you're, um, you're going to, um, do you need a phone book or uh, a sock full of uh, change to beat the, <laughs> beat the guy with, to beat Fuchs with, to get up the answers you want uh, for the interrogation. And people were like, no, what the fuck's wrong with you? <laughs> oh my gosh. I just love the, uh, the random uh, honesty that this guy's always blurting out. I think he was complaining about not going on vacation or something like that. in this final episode, I was just so fucking funny. Um, let's continue on Sally Reed. Like I said, she's, going through the ups and downs of being in the industry and uh, dealing with having a show and then having a show get extremely good uh, press. And then all of a sudden the show is just gone. And it does kind of put uh, it, it's, it feels like a little bit um, meta in the way that they talk about her show kind of feels like how people are talking about Barry a little bit, but then obviously Sally's show goes way off the rails her show gets basically canceled all on the same day. It's like released and she immediately thinks she's a star, like, you know, superstar sitting at coffee uh, shops, waiting to have to sign autographs and stuff like that. And wondering why is there people aren't coming up to her and recognizing her. And it's all because, uh, you know, the, her show is being advertised on the front page of, you know, it looked like a Hulu type, uh, streaming service and then it was gone I could only imagine what that would feel like for you know not just some of the showrunners of television shows and movies for you know certain people but you know how it would feel um, to have it up there but then all of a sudden taken away that that would be the scary thing like it make you feel amazing that it's up there and that you're getting that kind of marketing. I think everyone just kind of instantly assumes that you become a star once you're, you're on TV and stuff like that. But if you go by how many millions of viewers are um, actually watching this television show, um, I'm sure that you could kind of go in the same realm. Like the first two seasons of Barry were easily getting, uh, 1 million to 2 million viewers. I think it started off season two with half a million and ended season two with 2 million point 200,000 ish uh, viewers, not including the, the DVR on it, but that's, um, that's pretty substantial at that point. Um, and then this year it only had 0.24 basically a quarter of a million viewers for season three. Now, I think that can be chalked up to a number of things of it's been 
like three years since season two people kind of forgot don't remember all that all that stuff um but i gotta say that it, it does feel kind of relevant with talking about viewership and you know kind of deciding to keep a show versus not keep a show and what are the reasons for keeping the show and sally literally goes to the execs and the execs like well you know the algorithm knows all and the algorithm don't like your ass sally so joplin's gotta go um and so there are some amazing scenes with sally uh so you know there's one scene where she's screamed at by Barry. And that was just so troubling to watch. It was like, uh, it was gaslighting in a, you know, the super abusive relationships are shown all in one scene. And I was just like, Oh, Jesus, this is really hard to watch, especially, um, with a bunch of heavy scenes happening throughout the whole season. It, this whole season kind of felt like the last three episodes of a season for like the whole season. Like it felt like it kept up that kind of pacing and it's like, Oh my God, I, I don't know what's going to happen. And I'm like, I don't know. How am I, you know, at one point he's poisoned by a lady that I think Fuchs told, um, said that he killed their husband. Um, let me see if I can find her. Uh, I think that was episode six. Anyways. Um, yeah, I, I was, uh can't find it can't find it was it seven no anyways barry is poisoned by uh one of his buddies uh wives i think it's chris miss Licardo. Licardo. um i think that's it i don't know i don't have the actor's name but um when he's poisoned by them, it's like, how is he going to get out of this? And then like, I'm thinking at the beginning of the season, he's got Gene Cousinow that knows everything about him, knows he's a fucking hitman, and knows that, you know, everything he can do. I'm like, without killing Gene, how does he get out of this? Um, and several times at the end of this season, he's fucking caught by the SWAT FBI or whoever the hell got him with Jim and um, Jim and Gene working together. And all I'm thinking is, holy shit, how is he going to get out of this? I mean, every single time I'm like, this is incredible. Um, you know, and even around, I think it was episode um, four, there is a, a father, uh, sorry, a, a widower and her son, Kyle, are getting ready to kill Barry because Barry um killed the um uh the husband and father of that family and they were gonna you know come take him out um and i was thinking holy shit how's he gonna get out of that you know because he's not gonna see a father sorry a, a mother son combo um coming at him from the left field and ends, ends up uh the mother ends up shooting the son on accident or something like that or some some sort of gun accident happens with Barry right outside the fucking car and he doesn't even know how close he came to death right there so it's it's almost like you know he could easily be dead um and it, it's just showing how uh Barry is just kind of barely sailing by and he's getting a little bit too close to the sun if you know what I mean so um yeah we we, we have some amazing characters in this season Noho Hank and Cristobal. I completely forgot that they were some, they were a couple. 
Um, the interesting about the interesting thing about NoHo Hank is, you know, the Chechnyans don't like um, don't like crystal balls. I think uh, are they Cuban or Mexican? I can't remember. Crystal ball, crystal ball, crystal ball, ball, ball. Wait, where am I? Cristobal is Cristobal not on here? He's got to be on here. Dun, 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 dun. Let me find Cristobal. I'm gonna find this fuck. Damn it! Damn it! Damn it! Damn it! Anyways, whatever Cristobal's. Uh, I want to say he was in Mexico. So, anyways, the, I guess the Mexican drug cartel or something like that. Um, the Mexican drug, the, the cartel and the Chechnyans do not like each other. And uh, ironically, basically the people that are leading those um, are lovers. They're, they're, they care about each other. They are in a relationship, that type of thing. And um, I have a lot of, I have some questions regarding the end of this. So I know that, no ho Hank at the end of this, basically he's, he's just wiggling out of trying not to be killed by the, the cartel. And the same thing is the cartel is almost deciding that Cristobal is, he is no longer suited to, you know, run the American side of, of the industry, I guess. And so they're going to try to take him out um, because they know he's, he's sleeping with um, no ho Hank. And Cristobal, his, I think it's his father-in-law is uh, the one that has come to America and he's brought all these like, uh, you know, what hitman to come, hitman to come uh, take out the Chechnyans as well. But the thing is, uh, you know, Cristobal obviously doesn't want no ho Hank to die. He cares about him. So it, that, that was the hard thing for him. Um, oh, oh, okay. So no, it was the Bolivian mafia. Um, sorry, I was, I was looking for Cristobal and I, I didn't realize that they had their actors names first. It's Michael Irby as Cristobal. And, uh, I think he plays, you know, a very fluent, um, cartel, uh, I guess mafia member at the end of this is where it gets a little bit weird. Now, let me talk about the, uh, the very last episode, just to kind of round it all off about what's going on with NoHo Hank. He's captured. And he's taken to, um, he's captured and he is, let me see. Hank travels to Bolivia to find Cristobal only to be captured alongside, uh, alongside his fellow Chechnyans. And uh, it was pretty funny. He's just like in Bolivia, like yelling. He's like, Cristobal, like down the street, like, and asking random people if they know Cristobal. And it, it, all of a sudden, he's just like darted right in the neck, right by a hitman. And, you know, Noho Hank is cracking jokes as he goes down. I'm like, good Lord, this guy can't stop. So anyways, um, uh, he's captured. Basically, they have a really amazing scene in this final episode, uh, episode eight, starting now with Noho Hank um, listening and talking to one of his Chechnyan friends. Um, basically get mauled to death by a fucking what sounds like a lion, but we never actually see the lion and the sound effects and 
seeing the terror on NoHo Hank's face was like, oh my God, it was something I wouldn't, I, I, it was hard for me to watch. It's, it's one thing to see somebody get tortured in a way, I guess, or just mauled, I guess, on, you know, on a, on a show or something like that, you know, but I think it's a whole nother experience to watch somebody watch somebody, you know, like we are like feeling so bad for this guy. Like we want him to get out and he's just terrified. No ho Hank. Um, Anthony Kerrigan is selling this scene so well. Um, like the fact of like possibly being mauled by a, a tiger or something like that just sounds like the scariest fucking thing. I don't know if it's a lion or a tiger. Um, but it's some sort of uh, animal of that sorts. And then all of a sudden it goes, the camera is just panning left to right on a blank wall for like, I don't know how long, I don't, maybe the, the scenes maybe four or five minutes, but like two minutes of it is this, you know, his buddy being like, all right, we're going to get out. And all of a sudden he's like, ah, my leg, my leg. And you know, like, and all of a sudden his buddy is just dead. And all we're seeing is Hank fucking freaking the fuck out. And, all of a sudden, one of the guards is like laughing about it and just walks over and, and laughing or whatever, whatever happens causes the guard to like yak. So like under um, under the door of uh, NoHo Hank's cell, and it's just disgusting as fuck. I swear it's green for some reason. I don't know what's going on. Um, but I was like, holy shit. I was like, this is a fucking visceral scene. And the majority of it is all done um uh, with just watching Noho Hank's face, um, you know, cripple down, thinking he's about to get mauled by a fucking tiger. And then all of a sudden, uh, you know, this amazing uh, sound effects, the sound work in this and the foliage was amazing in this. You know, eventually Noho Hank uh, uh, breaks his way out. Uh, a guard comes in, he busts the guard open, um, busts him over the head, I think shoots him. And then he shoots into the other room where the animal was and kills the animal somehow, uh, gets ready to run away and goes upstairs, shoots two people that are performing uh, a very interesting ritual for, uh, which I was not expecting was, um, what's his face, Cristobal. Cristobal was upstairs of where NoHo Hank was being held, which I, was, I had so many questions. Cristobal's like upstairs getting like a lap dance from this like Bolivian uh, gay man, I assume, um, or he's, you know, giving him a lap dance, looking like Chippendales up there, the Bolivian Chippendales. He's sitting in a, an electric chair, Cristobal is, and getting his like head, um, I don't know, like electrocuted or something sending like a it looked like an electric chair and he was getting like shocked um to his head and he just looked like fucking brain dead um but it looked like this was something he was doing to get off i was like do rich people fucking do this it's like they just you know drugs aren't enough that you have to like smoke a cigar and fucking um you know get a lap dance from uh, Bolivian Chippendales and all of a sudden get, you know, brain waves um, electrocuted in there. But anyways, Noho Hank comes up there and I was like, he shoots both of these people performing for Cristobal. But at this point, Cristobal looks like his brain is so fucking fried that he doesn't even know Hank is right in front of him. Um, but 
it, I thought it was again with the foliage. All you hear is, a sh- you know, two shots, and uh, you know, you hear two thuds. One of the thuds goes on the floor. That's uh, the lady um, that's performing for him doing the shocks, and then the other one was uh, the what's it called? Um, the guy that was dancing for him or on him, and all you hear is like the the you know you know the I don't know. how do you do a piano noise uh, without doing a sound effect? I don't know. All you hear is the smash of the piano keys, and you're like, oh fucking Noho Hank is about to go fucking off. You know he looked fucking crazy enough with his uh, handcuffs removed, and he's like walking through really slow, and we get you know the slow focus pull of the you know the blurriness of the room comes into you know comes into light and noho and uh cristobal end up embracing and i was expecting the entire time someone's gonna kill somebody i was like i was thinking that the entire time but like noho noho was being almost being i don't think he was being tortured but he's being definitely being held hostage and basically was going to probably be eaten by a tiger of some sorts and was Cristobal gonna let that happen like did Cristobal know he was downstairs like how much did Cristobal know about all this is what I I, my question was I had a lot of um I I still do have questions about what what was going on there I um, sometimes I feel like I want a little bit more just to kind of understand that not have like so many questions um but yeah so let's see what else we got um All right. Let me see. So the final episode, Barry leaves the hospital only to find Sally at his apartment asking for help on getting revenge on Natalie. Barry refuses, but they are ambushed by their surviving member of the motocross gang who knocks out Barry and attempts to kill Sally. Uh, I was like, this is an intense ass fucking scene just to like come off out of nowhere. The motorcycle gang was something I felt was, I just kind of forgot about it. Didn't really see it ending up anywhere. And then it almost ends up killing Barry and almost killing Sally. Uh, Sally, uh, Barry's knocked out essentially this entire fight. Um, But it is a fucking struggle between Sally and this guy. And he's like, uh, pressing all of his weight on her throat, you know, choking her. And then I was like, Jesus, she's this, this late, you know, Sarah um, Goldberg is having to give her fucking performance, this fucking uh, series. I mean, she's going from the emotional abuse, the work abuse, the husband abuse, uh, not the boyfriend abuse. And now she's literally getting abused physically by this guy. And she basically has to fight him off. And it's like, what feels like two minutes of her just being choked to death and right before she's about to die she you you're like barry's gonna wake up barry's gonna wake up and you see her look over at barry and barry's ass is just sitting there um laid down knocked out on the floor i'm like you know as the viewer we're just like oh fuck barry's not coming and so like as soon as she's like losing all breath and everything she like 
pulls her arm up really fast and stabs him in the side of the face. And the knife goes through the, what looks like through the jaw all the way to the eyeball. I was like, Oh my God. I was like, that is fucking disgusting. And they're in a house that has this, they're being attacked in a house that has a studio and uh, like a sound studio and he like walks in there and he's like, oh, fuck, fuck, fuck. You know, my my eye. What'd you do to my eye? I can't fucking see anything. Blah, blah, blah. And he goes in there and sits down in the studio um, and the camera is sitting outside of the sound booth in this in this house. Um, and it just sits there for a second. And you see Sally kind of get up, grab a bat. And all you can see is uh, a like a little open window into the studio. But she hits him one time. He falls off this this uh chair and i think the door is getting ready is closing slowly so you see her like beating him and hearing it and then all of a sudden the sound stops once the door fully closes in the studio and all you see is sally just going off beating the hell out of this guy and it's with reason like this guy tried to kill her like i like beat the shit out of this guy you know and so um yeah, she beats him to death. And then Barry finally wakes up and sees all this happening and pulls her off and is like, this did not happen. You need to go home. You need to get out of here. And so that's like the inciting incident for them to get the fuck out of there. Um, Barry tells Sally to go home and that he will take the blame. Um, Fuchs is imprisoned. Um, and he tells another, I think he tells the guard, he's like, I'm not Fuchs. I'm the Raven, you know, just like this random ass made up shit that nobody really believed until uh, Fuchs actually became it. Um, so again, Hank's, Hank is forced to listen to his fellow Chechnyans be mauled and eaten alive by, oh, it was a fucking panther. Holy shit. Um, not a lion or tiger. He breaks free from his shackles and uses a guard's machine gun to kill the animal then kills Elena and reunites with Cristobal. I think Elena might have been his uh, real wife, Cristobal's real real wife. Um, let me see. I don't, I don't actually have the name in front of me, but I'll continue on. I don't want to sit here too much longer for y'all. Um, yeah, I don't see what I don't, don't see at all. I don't see her last name, so I, I assume it is. Um, let me see. Albert confronts Barry as he is burying the biker and implores him to stop killing. So this is a scene that I was talking about. Like we didn't see Barry show up there. We didn't see Albert show up there. There's no like transportation b-roll of them getting there or going anywhere it's just they are there barry is burying this body the 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 guy that tried to kill sally and him um and just all of a sudden albert like pop fucking batman batman's pops out of nowhere in the middle of the fucking desert i don't know how he snuck up on barry at all like without a car or anything like it, it doesn't look like there's that much cover so he just like suddenly pops up and um you know implores him to stop and he's about to like what well, looks like kill barry but he's like you know this has to fucking stop so um barry makes plans with sally to run away he basically albert walks off the scene and you know he doesn't do anything but maybe he's just waiting for the right time barry makes plans with sally to run away from los angeles um 
And that's one of the times he's actually in the car, unaware she is already traveling on her own to Joplin, Missouri. Um, Jim Moss. Yeah. So basically, um, Sarah gets the, uh, Sarah, Sally gets the hell out of Dodge, goes to um, Missouri. Jim Moss calls him to tell him he spoke with Gene and asked to meet. Um, you know, this, this was it kind of skips conveniently at the beginning of the, the Gene and the Jim scene. But I did mention earlier how amazing that scene was and how formative it is to the end of the season and maybe the series. I'm not sure if this season is going to get renewed for a fourth season yet. Um, I don't see anything that regards it yet, but it's going it, to, it's an award winner. So it, it's kind of regardless of the viewership, it just is a really highly rewarding show, um, both watching it and from, you know, the awards ceremony, like Emmys and whatnot. So um, what else do we got? Uh, Barry tries to ignore him, tries to ignore Gene but is lured to Moss's house when Gene subsequently calls claiming he is going to kill Moss. And that's when Barry shows up and there's this fucking front cam on top of his car. One of the more interesting scenes of them going around and he's just booking it to go to fucking Gene. He's like, Gene, don't you fucking kill Jim. Don't fucking kill Jim. You're going to fuck everything up. And basically when he gets there, he tells Gene, you know, what's what, tells him he you know can't do this and i think gene tells him several times don't go inside don't go inside don't do this blah 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 barry says don't worry about it i'm gonna go inside take care of this and prepares to kill moss it's a very slow shot of them walking of barry walking in trying to figure out what the best method is to do and i think he has just lost his shit at this point and he sees i think there's a game playing in the other room so it's really really um you know, not, it, it's not terribly loud, but there is like a little bit of sound happening. So it's not just completely silent, um, but kind of takes the edge off a little bit. So you think that when Barry rolls up to Jim, you know, Jim is unready for it. You know, he's G, Jim's getting a little bit of whiskey. And all of a sudden, once Barry pulls out his gun or the gun that uh, Gene had, um, which I think was a revolver and did not have his, you know, standard silencer on it. I was like, damn, this guy is about to literally take out, um, you know, Jim Moss with a loud ass fucking revolver. That's going to be, people are going to hear that. And so I was thinking that the whole time he was pointing this at Jim, but then all of a sudden you're freeze on the fucking ground, drive the fucking gun. And I think they say like four times and then out of the fucking blackness of everything, you know, out of the black, dark, night the SWAT team members come in like one by one you know and then start to form a line it's like holy shit it's not just one it's not just two it's not just six it's not just seven it was probably like 20 what felt like 10 SWAT team members coming out of the darkness and then another 10 coming through the other side of the house and they just run and am you know ambush Barry and um, you know, all of a sudden we see the blocking of the, 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 uh, the SWAT team members move out of the way and we see who was behind it all. It was fucking Gene. Gene came through and said, that's it. It's got to stop starting now. Um, and so that is the end of season three of Barry.
What a freaking season. Like I said, there's not, I, I, there's so much more I wasn't able to cover throughout the season, but I got to say it was a hell of a fucking ride. Uh, We are being treated to so much good content, good television media, all the way from Barry to better call Saul to stranger things to, um, all sorts of different uh, types of media that are finally coming out after so many years that we've been waiting, you know, two, three years for some of these things that I am just, uh, I'm floored with all this amazing content that's finally coming to fruition to the big, uh, to the big streaming screen. And uh, yeah, the boys also on as well. So be sure to check out all the podcasts coming down the pipe. Let me know what you thought about Barry. I think that this was, one, uh, I don't know if it's better than first season, just because um, first season I still found somewhat watchable, but like uh, watchable from the standpoint of like rooting for people. I do feel like what they've done here is the full Breaking Badness of all of the characters. And like, I personally only really like NoHo Hank, NoHo Hank's character on screen anymore. You know, the rest of the people that are on this, uh, you know, the characters that are on this from Barry to uh, Fuchs to Sally to Gene's okay, but he's still not a great guy. But we find out so many of these main lead characters have such flaws to the point I'm like, oh my Jesus, this is like really heavy stuff. And it's hard to, hard to, watch let alone binge in uh certain scenarios watching you know sally reed be abused a a couple scenes throughout the beginning of the season only to be beaten at the end of the season it's like oh my god it it was a very heavy season i gotta just kind of point that out that you know the likability of these characters is starting to kind of wane on me a little bit especially kind of with a lot of these um shows recently that I have uh, kind of just mentioned, you know, the better calls, the breaking bads, um, a little bit, you know, some of the boys, a lot of them have just unlikable characters. And I'm not saying that likable or unlikable characters can make or break a show, but I think it can make, it can make the show a little bit harder to enjoy. Um, For me personally, this might not be, uh, be for everybody when I say this, um, that, you know, uh barry is a hard character to really root for and i i don't need every all of my media to have something that you know you you root for the main guy but if they don't have many likable characters on screen i do find it a little bit harder to uh stay with the shows to stick with the show um if these were 12 episode seasons i could absolutely see myself like oh my gosh you know kind of wrap it up everybody but they don't overstay their welcome ever and if we are only getting a little bit of berry every couple years um i'm totally fine with that i mean i don't think this is a series that goes for 10 seasons i think this is a probably five or six at most max so um yeah i um i i love the show i do find it's a little bit uh it's heavy for me to watch at some points you know because the you know the uh tragic comedy aspects of it are do feel very real in this season and it does feel more like the descent into a little bit more madness over the course of the seasons so um yeah let me know what everyone thought about barry got 24 episodes three seasons um i 
absolutely would watch a whole nother season of this. Uh, you know, some of the most impressive work technically um, from, you know, like I said, the uh, choreography, sorry, choreography, cinematography um, to the ac action scenes that don't happen every episode. It's not like, it's not like a big action show, but when they do, I feel like they're very creative and uh, the comedy always is, is very funny, um, very insightful, um, sometimes meta, and I uh, would, you know, wholeheartedly agree with it. You know, you got Rotten Tomatoes sitting at season one, 98%, season two and three at 100%. Um, people are really, really liking the show. So, um, yeah, let me just finish off with Rotten Tomatoes. The season holds 100% rating with an average rating of 8.95 out of 10 based on 72 reviews. The site's uh, critics consensus states bill Hader and the company can take a well-deserved bow barry makes its belated return to the screen without missing a step i absolutely agree um retaining its edge is one of the television's funniest and most unsettling offerings um metacritic the season has a score of 94 out of 100 based on 19 critics indicating the universal acclaim so yeah, I um, wholeheartedly agree. Go check out Barry season three. Let me know what you thought about the podcast. Let me know what you thought about Barry. And take it easy. Everybody deserves a second chance. I'm like legit nervous. <laughs>